Hello and welcome to the Wood Science Talks, a podcast brought to you by the Society of Wood Science and Technology, a world-leading organization in advancing the profession of wood science. Sue Anagnost, professor at SUNY, professor emeritus and visiting professor. Well, first I'd like to welcome you that you are here today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah, we are here at the International Convention of the Society of Food Science and Technology in Asheville. What, what's brought you to Asheville? Well, I hadn't been to an SWST meeting in a few years since I uh, just started retirement. And uh, I came here because we were honoring the outgoing executive director, Vicki Harian, and she was hoping that a lot of the past presidents of SWSD could be here. And I had served as president back in 2010, and uh, so I came for that, and I also came um, to help with uh, some of the judging of the student um, presentations, and um, I also found out, um, I was quite honored to found, find out that I had received the Distinguished Service yeah, Award. Yeah. Congratulations for that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so how, how is it to come back after, after a while and not having joined this? Um, well, it's great to see um, what have become um, old friends, that we catch up pretty easily, and it's been wonderful to talk to um, so many of the uh, people I served with on the executive board. And also great to to meet a lot of the younger researchers mm -hmm. yeah. and 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 uh, see what's going on. I'd like to ask you, um, what is your when you listen to the talks today and with the topics that are presented from like kind of the next generation? What what comes to your mind? Um, I think with the whole field of wood science, um, there was a time when uh, the, a lot of the research had matured. And a lot of mm -hmm. the pro things we knew about pro wood properties, um, but now there are new applications such as cross-laminated timber and mass timber construction, and and wood protection, and uh, so some things have are advancing in those areas. But a lot of the research is still. Um, it, it's good to see the young people and and how active they are. So what what brought you to the wood? And I mean, I know you, the wood anatomy was the major focus. Um, yeah, going back to uh, when I first started graduate school, um, as an undergraduate, I, I liked biology and realized I, I liked botany and studying uh, plants and plant anatomy. And then when I went to the SUNY uh, College of Forestry, which is now um, Environmental Science and Forestry in Syracuse, uh, I I decided to study wood anatomy because it had an application to wood products. So it had uh, more of a practical application. And um, also the department there had a wonderful facility with electron microscopes and light microscopes. And it just seemed like a wonderful opportunity. Mm. Um, I've been studying wood anatomy now for, and using it in research for many years. Um, it's a tool to identify wood Mm -hmm. And uh, so identify wood for um, engineers, architects, uh, just for research purposes. And um, it's one of the things I really enjoy. It's always a puzzle, and it's fun to solve the puzzle. Yeah, of yeah. yeah, I can imagine. So, so a lot of the work that you have done was also serve others, help them, to tell them like what the species is. 
Yes, they. In addition in, to the research aspects of it. Yes, as far as uh, helping um, industry or companies, they might need to know for they're renovating a building or some historical structure, and they need to know the species in order to um, complete the project and know the wood properties. So, I mean, there's a coming from Europe. Is it is it North American species that you mostly worked on? Um. Over the years, most of the species are uh, the commercial species in North America, but we also, I also do uh, tropical wood identification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I've been doing in the last few years is um, we have a large collection at ESF of wood samples from mostly tropical from around the world. And this has been there. It started oh, over a hundred years ago. The, the wood technologists started um, collecting samples And so I do tropical wood identification. Why is it still an issue to identify tropical wood species? Um, around the world, uh, this is going on in, in all the countries and the uh, wood labs around the world are um, trying to identify uh, wood wood that's being imported. Yeah, There's a lot of illegal, illegally traded, illegally logged lumber. Trees that are endangered are being cut down illegally. And so there's a need to try to identify timbers as they are coming into the country. So part of what I've been doing the last few years is helping out the um, U.S. Forest Service. Mm -hmm. There's a wood identification and screening center in um, Ashland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and they're developing a, a chemical-based chemical method to identify wood. And is, so is that problem on, on, on an increase, or is, it, is the awareness more than in the past? Um, I think, th from what I've read, that there are uh, statistics from the Forest Service, and the in the um, it's it's a loss of billions of dollars a year yeah, in yeah. illegally traded lumber, and this yeah. is going on all around the world. But in the United States, what they're doing is developing a method to help Customs and Border Protection uh, be able to thwart any illegal importation. Yeah, yeah. So the problem with wood identification is if you use anatomical features, which is what I usually use, use a light microscope, um, it's an imperfect science because you mm -hmm. can't always identify the species. Yeah. You can identify the genus. So there are several other ways to identify wood. You can use DNA. So um, genetic information. Genetic information. Okay. But there, there are um, drawbacks to that. And it's... Useful for some species, but not all, or some groups of species. Uh, mass spectrometry, the DART time of flight mass yeah, spec, that okay. they that it's a chemical based method based on extractives in the wood that are unique to oh, species. Okay. And there's a fingerprint um, information yes. that you can extract, and that's typical for the one species. Can, right? Can you even? Is it possible to even? identify a region where a geographic information say it might be coming from there are efforts to to try to do that with geospatial information yeah. i know in europe there's some some efforts there to try to yes. and with all of these methods you have to have a reference database so you have to have a known species or a known tree uh to serve as the the reference data mm. and that's i've been providing samples to um from our wood collection some known Authenticate, yeah, yeah. authenticated samples mm -hmm. so that they can put use them use them in their reference database so the so 
you got your big wood collection, and I think in Madison is another week uh, at the F, uh, Forest Products Lab is a huge uh, wood collection. Yes. And in Hamburg and Europe is a huge right. collection. I think that is that the biggest, right? Yeah, there are quite a few around the world. There's one in um, in Kew and okay. Hamburg yes. and um, Madison, Wisconsin at the Forest mm -hmm. Products Lab. Yeah. And also Mississippi State has oh, one. So there and Indonesia. Uh, so, yes, and they all mm -hmm. have uh, different species. Uh, yeah. Some have some... Uh, do do, do these uh, labs work together on this issue? Yes, like, yes. Mm -hmm. They yeah. They exchange yeah. Uh, duplicates and, and... Yes, over the years yeah. we've provided samples to some collections and um, we've received samples from other places and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, so... I mean, when I hear Syracuse and SUNY, um, as a student, I was... Consulting a lot, uh, Coleman Cote. And, uh, do you recall Cote? Because you oh, worked there, son? Oh, yes. Dr. Cote was, uh, one of the most uh, famous professors there. He, yeah. he brought the electron microscopes to the campus and mm -hmm. studied wood ultrastructure, the cell wall structure at the, um, with the transmission electron microscope. And, uh, he really pioneered that whole effort. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 So you met him? Oh yes, he was. Yes, he was one of my professors. I took okay. I took courses from him. Okay, and, yes. super. Yeah. <laughs> wood anatomy, and it also, um, if you study the cell structure and the wood wood structure, you can always you it always um, relates to wood properties as well. Yeah, so you can yeah. study properties in anatomy. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm obviously biased. I think there's always going to be a need <laughs> for wood anatomists. Yes, um, you have to be able to to go back to the basics of wood and uh, it, wood is a biological material. The way it behaves mm -hmm. depends on its structure. And so right now I think, yes, there haven't been as many. Uh, the whole field of wood science has gone through a, a little bit of a decline. But I think with the advent of mass timber construction and uh, there's always a need for um, wood protection and also this... Um, the practical means of uh, trying to thwart these illegal things that are going yeah. on. Um, hopefully that they'll continue to be <laughs> wood anatomists. <laughs> to, to consider to consider it as, as, as being important. I recently visited Hamburg and they have shown me what they do with artificial intelligence uh, assisting in species identification. And they told me it really works amazingly well. You think that would an atomist would ID will be replaced in the future by? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I realize there there are efforts going on with the um, like taking pictures of the surface and mm -hmm. then being able to identify the wood based on, based on what's mm -hmm. in their database and it, it's possible. It's always possible. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that I think that it could work in certain cases. There's. The issue with tropical timbers is there are so many, and there are so many closely related species in a genus, and some are some are can be traded legally, and some cannot. Uh, if they can focus on those particular issues, it could be a very useful tool. Right. Another issue with um, the importation of lumber is the practical way of trying to quickly identify a lot of logs uh, 
at yeah. a port. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why the start time of flight, I, I think what I've heard is they're trying to make a a field method where they could take this out okay. into the field and measure the, to identify them right mm-hmm. in the field yeah. as they come yeah. in. Is the work be continued at SUNY? Yes. I mean, in the past, I, I also did work on, on wood decay, mycology, the effects okay. of fungi on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I actually, identification of fungi and molds and, and things like that and wood deterioration. Mm-hmm. Um, so since I've retired, I'm working only in the Tropical Timber Information Center, and we're trying to digitize our wood collection of these 40,000 mm-hmm. samples. Okay. And, sounds uh, like sounds like a lot of work. It is. We have we have uh, people um, inputting data. Uh, hopefully, we're making some progress, and we're just getting things organized so that we can share these material more more readily. Share the samples or be involved in the uh, mm-hmm. wood identification mm-hmm. process. Uh, communicating with other wood collections. That, that is the center part of the university. Is yes, the, it's part of the university. It began um, with the first. One of the first programs at the college back in the 19, 1915 or so was the wood technology department, and the first head of that department started the wood collection. And then they continued to collect samples from other wood wood collectors around the world into the 1980s yeah. um, and amassed these uh, 40,000 samples. So there is a need for identification sometimes if they're not sure if it's the right species. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Because... Right. So what what would you recommend to a young person? It's interesting because I started graduate school, uh, master's degree. It was focused uh, only on wood anatomy and wood identification and separating out some species and, and actually measuring all the anatomical features and coming yeah. up with a method. But then I went on into wood decay and some other areas, and I feel like I've kind of gone full circle because right now I'm back doing wood identification mm-hmm. and anatomy, which mm-hmm. is the reason why I went to school to begin with. Yeah, yeah, um, but there's also, as far as um, would I do it again, I think I think so, but I think maybe the applications would be different, you know, the, mm-hmm. to relate, relate wood anatomical features to wood properties, the area of wood decay uh, and durability in, in these new mass timber buildings. There's still a need for it. We also uh, study wood fibers and and um, non-woody fibers and man-made materials and can identify those with a light microscope. Yeah. We, yeah, that that's also something that that's mm-hmm. ongoing. I mean, that's something we've done and needs to be done now. I've lo- I've looked at uh, fiber-based products uh, to f- see what what's in them, whether it's man-made or cotton or wood fibers. Um, well, the, the, you mentioned the genetic methods that uh, the, the German group in Hamburg is doing that. Is there something you also got interested to, you know, consider it at one stage? I haven't gotten involved in that, in that area. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's, and it's very focused on certain species and, and there are so many, especially tropical species. If you wanted to build up the reference database mm-hmm. for DNA, for, DNA method for a lot of species, it would take a long time. It, it's it with the DNA method, you have to have enough um, 
DNA. So you have yes. to have bark or you, you have to you have, have the living tissue. You sufficient have, DNA. Yeah, that's right. You have yeah. to have enough living tissue. And, and mm-hmm. many of the, in a piece of wood, most of the cells don't have that. They're dead cells. And yeah, so they, you have to have some bark or some cambium or some what are called parenchyma cells that have enough. Uh, so if you have, do you have more time now after you retired for other things? Or are you <laughs> keeping yourself so busy with uh, the tropical things? Uh, yes, I'm spending more time with my family and relaxing more, but I'm still keeping my own. What I like is keeping my own schedule. I am still involved with graduate students. I'm on oh, several okay. committees and, and um, help some students with their research. We had a wood products engineering program, and then that had an option in construction management. And over the years, it changed into a construction management program yeah. and we had fewer students in wood in wood products uh, the courses in in wood are are offered for construction management as far as some forestry students we have some architecture students from Syracuse University that take the the wood structure and properties course as well mm. so and some biology students I also have especially the last five or ten years, taught the courses in electron microscopy and light microscopy. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the students I I help, whether they're in chemistry or paper engineering uh, or environmental science, I help them with their research projects and use of the microscopes to gather their research. Many schools have the problem of getting enough students and or curricula discontinued maybe because of drop of student numbers was that the major the main reason why yes that was the main reason um our construction management program would be 90 percent of our enrollment in that in our department and then the wood product students uh were just declining and i it was happening all around the mm. country and other programs around the country were changing to things like uh biomaterials or Do- and Do you have an explanation or, or some idea why, but why young people are not so eager to go into forest products and wood because wood is sustainable, it is carbon, can capture carbon. So actually many issues that are currently of concern to young the generation, wood is a, has a strong role, but still they're not choosing for that. Well, I, I think the students, at least at ESF, and I've seen being here at this meeting this week, the students that are using wood and studying wood are in uh, wood chemistry. They're chemist, chemi- chemical engineers. Um, so they're not in the traditional wood products, mm. basic wood products programs. They're yeah. in, in other programs. And, yeah. And I think there are more opportunities now than there were maybe 10 or 15 years yeah. ago with the mass timber construction. Um, It's getting more attractive, new, you think? I think so. Mm. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> ah, I wanted to ask you, since you, are, you know, plant science is so interesting, are you collecting plants? Are you going out hiking and looking at flowers and uh, oh. looking at trees, what the species are? You always know. Or well, I do want to. I do like to go out and I walk a lot. I cross country ski in the winter. I'm always looking at the forests that are around me and, and trying mm-hmm. to identify wood. But it's more of a 
relaxation. Yeah, you know, not nothing. always addictive to find out and you know, look look. No, but if I do see some wood that's decaying in, yes, in the forest, yes, I always yeah. I try to because I. Mm. Just, you know, because the decay issue is so right. something you and was interested in. What caused it, and and what mm. type of decay was it, and you know. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time uh, to talk briefly about your your past and also what's going going on currently. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Glad to do this. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of the Wood Science Talks, brought to you by the Society of Wood Science and Technology, your host, Rupert Wimmer. <music>